Welcome to the Empowering Path podcast. I'm Empowerment Coach Jess Frost, and this is a podcast dedicated to fellow highly sensitive humans who are looking to step into their sensitive superpowers and thrive as their authentic selves. In a mixture of solo and guest episodes, we get to reflect, be curious, and share our empowering paths with one another. Should we get stuck in? Welcome to episode 77 of the Empowering Path podcast. Welcome back, doll. So good to have you here today. Um, in, in this episode, I'm talking about something that I'm so passionate about. And you know what? I would say is something I go deep into with about 70, 80% of the people I coach one to one. And often it's something that is so subconscious people don't even realise they're doing. Um, Their actions are coming from a good place in their eyes. And it's something that I focused on massively with my coaches and therapy um, and with a lot of kind of the self-healing work that I've done. And if you are listening to this and you've got this nudge in you that, you know, I, I imagine you're a highly sensitive person. I imagine that you've probably been through a dark night of the soul or two. Um, you know what it feels like to be in dark places and you have this like desire to be in some form of service role to others in your career. Um, you may already be in something like, I don't know, caregiving role in the NHS, or you might be in education, or you might have aspirations or be training to be a coach or a healer. You may already be a coach, a healer, therapist, counsellor. This is something that I'm really, 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 really passionate about. And I think what we're going to talk about today in terms of our healing growth and skill set as a space holder will change and save lives. So today I'm going to be talking to the rescuer in any of you. Okay. Now, what do I mean by this? You might call it a fixer. Um, I really resonated with being a rescuer. Um, So I'm going to read out some little things that may resonate with you to suggest and give you a sign that you may be in rescuer mode a lot of the time. So um, you're probably a good person in a crisis and a problem solver. Um, and you like to step up and take responsibility to get something sorted when crisis happens. You likely feel the pain and emotions of those who are struggling around you. You may even feel that by watching the news. Um, and you do your best to make people feel better, even when you're struggling yourself. You ruminate over people and situations constantly. You might struggle to say no as you don't want to let anyone down. You're always wondering how you could have done things better. You probably struggle with your energy levels and putting yourself first. You probably don't have a self-care routine and you struggle with burnout, anxiety and overwhelm. Failure and making mistakes terrifies you 
and you're constantly going above and beyond. You're probably even told that by employers. You go above and beyond to achieve an outcome. You might avoid challenging conversations and really struggle emotionally when someone needs to give you feedback or criticism. And you stay in situations longer than maybe you need to, and that could be romantic relationships, maybe work. So yeah, just letting that settle with you in case any of those resonate. Uh, But many of us became rescuers and fixers as a result of our childhoods. So maybe, I mean, following on from the last podcast, maybe you were a caretaker for family members and you grew up quickly, you had to grow up quickly. It's one of the things that I noticed when I started therapy was that I didn't really have a childhood because it was about reacting to crisis within the family. Um, But you may have learned to take responsibility for others' physical, mental and emotional needs. You may really resonate with the term codependent and where slowly over time, these dynamics of fixing and rescuing have become your identity. It's where you get your self-worth by making others feel better. Now, on the face of it, this sounds great, doesn't it? You know, you're very deeply caring and empathetic. You're very supportive. You've got all those amazing attributes that help you look after others. And this is where it gets a bit tricky is many of us throughout our days are subconsciously picking up and subconsciously taking responsibility for things outside of ourselves that aren't ours. I can make a guess that many of you learnt early on to read people's micro-expressions, to sense-check the energy in the room to see if something was going to kick off. Maybe you always feel this sinking feeling in your stomach, anticipating the next crisis. Maybe even the slightest change in energy or facial expression kicks you into rescuer mode. And what some people call fawning, you know, it's one of the trauma responses, fight, flight, freeze, fawn. Fawn is people pleasing, the rescuing. It's definitely one of my trauma responses. When things feel very triggering for me and activating, I will try and see how I can make it better. And what happens is when we get into adulthood, we have these very kind of hardwired responses and dynamics. We often subconsciously seek out dynamics so we can fulfill our role. That may be that we enter into romantic partnerships in the worst case scenarios with narcissistic uh, people, um, more abusive end. Um, But it may be that we end up with people who do struggle mentally and emotionally, or maybe people that struggle with addiction. And what can happen is um, we feel like we, we are doing a good job and that, you know, we're helping someone, but actually unconsciously we are getting our worth met by this by this dynamic and actually it's disempowering for everyone involved that was one of the hardest realities to hear is that this dynamic where I thought I was being a good caring person was actually manipulative unconsciously because it was a dynamic that I was used to 
and it actually wasn't enabling the person on the other end to feel empowered and to find their own answers and to have their own empowering path. Um, In some situations, I was enabling their disempowerment. It's horrendous. Like that was so confronting. But you know what? When I heard that and when I understood, my fucking God, did I want to do the work on myself? Because I did not want to be that person that disempowered others, but with, with this like label of being caring and supportive because it wasn't, it wasn't helping anyone. And then when I wasn't in that dynamic and when I wasn't in that role, I felt, I felt like completely redundant. My self-worth was on the floor. I was wading through the shame tank. I didn't feel enough. I didn't feel good enough. Felt like a failure. And that's when my mental and emotional health crisis really hit. It was when I started to try and break free from codependency that I felt even worse because everything I'd ever known was about caretaking for other people. But the fact that I had an idea that my life's purpose was to help heal others and to be of service to other people, I could not be in that dynamic. That is the, that is the key here. If you're sat listening to this and either you're in a in a, a role where you're holding space or where you're wanting to be in one or you're wanting to make a change in this world. If there's any element of a rescuer in you, please, please do the work on it. Please. Because that is not a healthy dynamic for you to be in with clients. Or if you are wanting to facilitate spaces That is really not healthy for you being on this rescuer pedestal and and calling it empowerment because it isn't. Because the people in that space are not learning how to empower themselves. They're just being fixed by you and you're telling them what to do. A big way of knowing if you are a rescuer and a fixer is, are you prescribing advice without people asking for it? You know, since doing the work, I get a lot of DMs and thank you. I'm not, I'm not saying this from, I'm very, very grateful for the connections that I have. But sometimes I get incredibly overwhelmed and overstimulated by people just sending me stuff on text, on DMs, on email, like just without an explanation of why I'm getting it. But just sending me podcasts, sending me posts, sending me articles and it's, that's exactly what I used to do. <laughs> it's exactly what I used to do. But now I can understand that actually that's really activating for me and that's really triggering. Why is that? And it is this, it's very subtle, but being told what to do um, and not being allowed my own opinion or not being allowed to find my own way there. Um, and this obviously is going to come right from childhood. It's going to be much deeper wounds than just anything that I'm experiencing. These people sending me this stuff is just my teachers, you know, at the end of the day. But if that's you, I invite you to just go inwards and understand where is this coming from? Am I wanting validation? Am, am I noticing something and I want to try and fix it? That's your gold. You know, when someone's upset, are you just telling them it'll be okay? You know, 
got it much easier than other people. Like, we should be really grateful. At least we're not like this. Or are you, are you going in with just some solutions straight away? When was the last time that you could sit in silence with someone's pain? Whether that's anger, rage, whether that's grief and sadness, whether someone's going through a really, really challenging personal time, whether it's heartbreak, can you just sit there? Can you sit with them in that? In that silence? in that emotion and just hold it. That's what holding space is. It's a skill. Being able to actively listen without coming up with what you want to say in your head the whole time they're talking, without trying to find the right moment to come in with your shit, without trumping them with your own crisis You know, that is the key. Being able to listen and and try and gain clarity on their model of the world, trying to really understand their situation and where they're coming from and what they're navigating. Really allowing that person to feel seen and heard and held, maybe for the first time in their life. I genuinely believe that this is how we help people that are in mental and emotional health crisis. It's not with the solution. It's by being with them in their crisis. And it never ceases to amaze me, like when I see the penny drop, with the amazing people I work with, that they are shouldering the responsibility of other people's emotions, often parents and family. But when they go into a service-based roles, they're clients. And that realisation that they are carrying a backpack and a weight that isn't theirs And that actually they can still be a very kind, caring, empathetic person. And this is what we, you know, we relate to as highly sensitive people, right? That is like what we're really proud of as a highly sensitive person is that we are deeply caring, deeply empathetic, but we can hold both. That's the key. We can be deeply caring and kind and empathetic and have very strong boundaries between ourselves and others and when we have become codependent and and maybe we have things like the mother wound and the father wound we can get very easily enmeshed we don't know where we end and someone else begins that is the stuff we need to work through it's about finding our self our core self that we were never allowed to find in childhood, coming back to and reclaiming that self, understanding where we end and that person begins, knowing where the boundaries are between what's ours and what isn't ours. You know, and if we are in a coaching and a healing role, for example, let's use this as an example, how we can do our part in that dynamic 
and we can turn up and we can hold space and we can reflect back and hold people to account or whatever that looks like in your job role. But what happens on the flip side of that with our clients is down to them, especially in a coaching dynamic. What that person chooses to do with that information is not our responsibility. The outcome is based on that level of input and responsibility on the other side. And that can be really hard. I've, you know, you know, I've had I've had to really sit and hold myself in, in circumstances where clients have disengaged, they've ghosted me, you know, and I've had to really kind of nurture my inner child that feels abandoned and feels rejected and all that old narratives that comes up saying, see, you were shit, you should have done more for them. That's because this narrative doesn't go away. But what happens is it's more diluted. The other voice is stronger that goes just, no, mate, that is not your responsibility. You know, it's that old thing. You can guide a horse to water. You can't make it drink. It's quite true. (laughs) Like, and yes, it's hard because if we are a crippling people pleaser, we want someone to have a great experience. We want someone to like us. But the reality is when we are, when we are doing this work and we're doing activating work, we cannot take responsibility for how someone's going to view us. They're going to view us through their own model of the world, through their own belief system, their own values, their own trauma, their own shadow. All we can do is keep doing our our side of the bargain and holding ourselves when the old thoughts come back, when those old beliefs come back, when those old narratives come back, and then we want to go into fawning and make it better. It's identifying when this stuff creeps back up to the surface and that comes with self-awareness. You can't do this. You can't um, heal this stuff if you haven't, if you don't know when it comes up for you, if you haven't got that self-awareness. So if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my God, this is me. Like, whether you work with me or not, feel free to reach out, okay? But it's it's understanding the unconscious. And I did it with someone the other day. We had a very, very, very powerful timeline therapy session. Timeline therapy is um, a two-hour session that I do with my three- to six-month um, programme clients. And timeline therapy, it's similar to, like, hypnotherapy and, and, and neurolinguistic programming, but it essentially helps you release core emotions from the past, like the energy and the weight that you're carrying from the past. And it helps um, find the first moment that you would have really felt these big emotions. And it helps you kind of reframe them and release the energy from the past. Um, so we're not kind of carrying it into our future. And it can be so powerful. And And this stuff came up for a client. And my goodness, like she's still processing it, but really identified from her unconscious mind, by the way, there was no memories that she had of this. It all came from unconscious, but we managed to find the root cause of when she first decided she needed to take responsibility for other people's emotions, in particular her mum. And my God, the, the unconscious reframes and the beautiful affirmations that she's taken from this Timeline therapy are huge. And we also got to go back and release some limiting beliefs that she made about herself. Got to release anger, sadness, fear, hurt and guilt from the past. It really does feel like you're lifting this weight off. 
Um, and then, you know, I, I work with other clients with neurolinguistic programming to help release these beliefs about taking responsibility for others' emotions and 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 really building that self-worth ourselves so we are giving ourselves that worth not stuff outside of ourselves and hypnotherapy that kind of really helps reinforce the empowering beliefs that we want to have about ourselves and that we're not responsible for others and that you know we are safe to have boundaries and we're safe to stand up for ourselves and have a voice and we're not responsible for how people receive us and etc etc like it is life-changing and this it this is the work that genuinely can change people's lives in terms of healing, where they're seen and heard and held through all of it. And it it blends into, into everything in our personal lives, like romantic relationships, friendships, you know, meeting a stranger in the street. When we can learn to remove our ego and remove our... Um, subconscious roles that we adapted and and we kind of took on in childhood that are disempowering and we can genuinely sit in other people's pain allowing it to be seen and heard and just hold that it it will it will save lives it will change lives but it will save lives and you know there's a big rise in in kind of empowerment groups and peer support groups and things like that. If you are leading on it as a facilitator, this is the best work you'll ever do. If you're holding space for anyone in your role, if you're a leader even, let's say you're a leader in the corporate world, if you do one-to-ones with staff, this stuff will change everything. But it starts with you. It's not a tick list that you're going to find in a book. Like you're going to have to delve deep into your shadow mind and body and understand the root cause of this for you and and help release it at the root cause. That is what's going to change your practice, your life, other people's lives. And yeah, I said it in the last episode, but just watch out for anyone in the healing space that is pitching themselves as some kind of oracle. That is God's gift that has all the answers and you just follow what they say and your life will be changed. No. <laughs> Red flag. <laughs> um, you need a facilitator it, to do this work. It's finding people that have the tools to be able to access what's in the shadows and help rewire your subconscious because we can we can do all the cognitive things we can have all the knowledge all the theory try and practice new habits but your subconscious is in control and it will be governing all of your actions so I do actively encourage that, and I have to do it all the time, all the time myself. I'm constantly noticing old patterns coming up and being like, oh, am I rescuing here? If there's something that's activated you and what I've said, just journal on it, sit with it. And like I said, I've had my own journey of this being really confronting and really hurt. It really hurt to hear 
that the stuff that I thought was helpful wasn't. But it has only strengthened my practice. It's only enabled me to come back to myself. It's only enabled me to to really protect myself and my energy with firm boundaries. Um, It's changed everything because it wasn't my responsibility to hold it. It was not my responsibility to, to take on that. And it was really disempowering for everyone else involved. So I'm sending love if this has activated and just know that if you want to know more about um, how I can support you, um, whether it's, you know, this kind of stuff can take a bit longer. So I've got my three to six month program. Um, Like I say, I'm very aware of the current climate. Just talk to me um, and we'll we'll see what we can do. Um, But this work takes investment. It takes commitment, it takes responsibility and it takes an investment to really, to really infiltrate into everything, your personal life and your business if if you're in a service-based role. This will impact in the best way in your business. So um, yeah, head to the link in the show notes, uh, fill out an application or DM me. Um, But yeah, even if you're not, even if you're listening to this and you're not a coach or not necessarily got aspirations to go into those types of roles, but you recognise you're a rescuer and this is going to, this is going to really support your own, you know, personal relationships, 100%. My, my coaching is to here to help you, whether you're a business owner or not. Okay. Um, so yeah, get in touch, but I'm sending so much love as always. You are amazing. And just by listening to this and taking action, just celebrating you. So, um, yeah, let me know how you get on. Send this to anyone who might need to hear it. Tag me on the socials if you've enjoyed it. And I'll see you next time, Dom. But until then, take care and protect your energy. Bye.